Welcome to Kilgallen's Pub, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgallen, like to sit back, have some drinks with you, and recreate that bar conversation we all know and love. You can follow the podcast on Instagram, that's at Kilgallen's Pub, on Twitter as well. Follow me on all the platforms, that's simply at Joe Kilgallen, that's K-I-L, Gallon. If you're following this podcast, you got to know how to spell the name, baby. So sorry. I have to start off by saying so sorry to all the listeners. I have neglected you all over these last damn near three weeks. Yeah, I started off 2020 hot, dropping three podcasts in one week. An episode with comedian Steve Byrne, an episode with actress slash comedian Hattie Preston, an episode with comedian slash actor Joe Fernandez, and they were all the shit. They were all kicking ass. And then, um, I had to ramp up some stuff in my life that made it really hard to sit down and get the podcast going. So, yeah, that's on me. Um, as all of you may know, not all of you, but a lot of you may know, we are filming in 4K, might I add, my uh, latest comedy special, I guess. It's weird because some people are like, oh, you're recording another album? I'm like, no, it's, in, it's a special. It's just, you know, it's weird when you're, people think it's weird when you give yourself a special. But you know what? If, you got to take these things. I'm not giving it. I'm taking it. And, uh, you know, I did the last one where we released it first on as an album. I released it on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, whatnot. And you can check that out. Can't complain. And that was my second one. The first one was called Pay Attention. was strictly an album. We also did film it that I later dropped some clips from. But it wasn't like the thing. We just filmed it for whatever reason. I don't even know. Maybe to use it for the trailer, which is also really stupid. Let's film it so we could show highlights so that people could buy the audio. What decade am I living in, you know? And um, so the last one, Can't Complain, we released it on YouTube, and it did very well. So I hope a lot of you checked it out on YouTube and subscribe to the channel, because that's what we're going to do with this one. We're, record, we're not recording. We're filming this one in 4K. Also, side, side note, everyone, let me take a, a second here, take a beat. I am talking very fast, because I don't have a lot of time with you. I have my infant son in this little seat thing, about 12 feet in front of me, watching Toy Story 2. For some reason, Toy Story 2 just holds his attention more than Toy Story 1 or 3. Toy Story 4 is not on Disney Plus yet, so he's not seen that one. Anyhow, and then my other son is napping. So that's another thing, too. I'm a stay-at-home dad during the day, comedian at night. And so the nights got booked up because, again, I'm preparing to film this latest hour, which is tomorrow night. If you're hearing this, you're probably hearing this Wednesday morning, so it's tonight. If you're in Chicago, there there's, are still tickets available Disappointingly enough, I haven't sold out both shows yet, but I'm sure by game time, both shows will be just about sold out. That's kind of how it worked last time. I ended up selling out both of them with like a few hours to spare, so I'm not too worried about it. But it is on a weekday, which I know is a little different. But then again, people in the city of Chicago will go see the Chicago Bulls on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, and that team sucks ass. I'm, I'm, I'm a better comedian than they are at basketball, so they should come on out, I think. Anyhow, so that's why I'm kind of like going a mile a minute here because there's some, you know, I want to get a good half hour with you guys if I can. And then tell you also that, you know, I know I've probably said in the past when I've taken a little hiatus. I've never taken one this long, though. Although, I guess around the holidays I did. Anyway, though, if you're a new listener, go back to the old episodes. Don't let this be your first episode you're checking in. You're three and a half minutes in about. Go back to the old ones. You'll get a feel for the show. What I typically do is I have some beers. And usually you could tell by the end of the podcast because we're a little less, uh, we make a whole lot less sense, I should say. You know, we'll start off with like, it's totally unplanned. It's conversational. I mean, some things I'll have like where I'm like, oh, I'm going to ask this person something specific because they have an interesting life story or whatever, or could bring some value to the listeners, whatever thing they did. And then by the end, you could be like, oh, okay, now they're getting a nice little buzz. Rarely have I gotten drunk. A healthy buzz. 
I like the way that sounds, a healthy buzz. Maybe I'll call the album that, or the special that. Anyway, though, but so we're filming this one. That's what I was saying. Subscribe to the YouTube channel because there's tons of podcast clips. Just a few minutes here at a time. You know, totally ripping off Joe Rogan in that style. But I guess, you know, everyone has since because he was like the pioneer of putting YouTube, putting uh, clips on YouTube. And then this one's going to be filmed in 4K, so it's going to look badass. I've got Toby McMullen, who's been on the podcast a couple times, who is now part of Andrew Scholl's team. Andrew Schultz, comedian from New York, who's just blowing up. He's probably like one of the top five comedians right now. Guy's selling out all over the world. Huge YouTube channel there. Inspired me to do a lot of the stuff I'm doing with YouTube. So I gave him some credit there. He partially uh, inspired. And then there's a couple other people along the way. But I definitely have to give him a big shout out because he's a big part of the equation. He's like stealing my guy, Toby. Toby's a dude that I remember thinking, man, this guy, not only is he a really funny comic, but he's got a great eye and he's cool as hell to work with. And um, I don't blame him, though. Schultz, is, that's why that dude's successful. He sees talent and he's like, oh, I got I to gotta scoop it up. So um, I had to try to lock Toby down before um, he takes off for New York and becomes part of that big production company that Schultz is starting out there. And uh, because of that, you know, I'm trying to make this thing as good as possible. We, you know, we've got the, we've got like six cameras, like a six camera shoot. It's insane. So I've been just you know working all all my focus on that. I haven't done my other podcasts. If you guys are sports fans, I have a Chicago-based sports podcast. I do, and then um, what else? There's just a lot of things I've been like I've been posting on YouTube in over a month now. So I got to get that back going again. But yeah, if you haven't yet, subscribe to that so that way when it drops, well, I'll be talking about it throughout the whole podcast. But so you'll know, you'll know. I mentioned Joe Rogan now since. There's, been, there's a couple things that happened over the week, current events, I do want to touch on, if I may, if I will, if I can. And that's uh, Joe Rogan endorsed Bernie Sanders. I mean, kind of, but he did. He was like, I'll probably vote for Bernie Sanders. And that was enough for people to be like, he endorsed him. And then the Bernie campaign on Twitter, like, retweeted it going, oh, cool, thanks, Joe, you know, which is smart on their part. But then there was a lot of people who were upset about it. And again, I have to remind myself and remind everyone listening that a lot of people on Twitter is still a small, small-ass percentage of the population. They're just incredibly annoying. They are. And so it makes you think this is how the world is. Everyone's lost their mind over things. No one's thinking practically. No one's thinking logically. And then on the other side, there's a lot of people who are like, are you really that big a dick too? It goes, you know, it goes um, across the board with, you know, whatever way you vote or all that kind of shit, wherever you are on the political spectrum, as talking heads like to say. And again, though, we do have to remind ourselves that's just, that's not real shit. Real people don't give a fuck about what a lot of it's happening on Twitter. Real people don't care how people dress for the Grammys. They're actually used to it. They're used to, oh, a bunch of people dress like fucking weirdos at the Grammys? Yeah, cool. You know, that's what I don't get about fashion. I feel like every time I see a fashion show, you know, runway stuff, I've never seen any human being in that stuff ever again. You know, they're walking down the runway with like some sort of like feather boa that's like covering just their nips, which looks great. Not knocking that. And then some sort of weird like head scarf, like with jewels and, you know, she's wearing khaki pants, but they're not really khaki pants because they're, they're cut off at the knees. But then there's enough fabric around the ankle so that they're still khaki, you know, some stupid shit like that. Look like dockers that just someone you know rolled down a hill with and ripped them all up, and you're like, who the fuck would ever dress that way? But this woman's five eleven, and great curves, and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll watch this. And then some of them don't look good. You get some of these European models rocking unibrows, and you're like, what's what's the story with this? 
you know, I know they've got razors over there. But then they have this look on their face like, I haven't eaten in, well, they haven't eaten in seven weeks, so that's true. And then the other ones are just like, me get more cocaine. I was promised cocaine if I walked down runway. That's like my shitty Russian woman impression. You know, sorry, Russian female listeners. But yeah, anyway, it never looks good. So regular people, when they see like, oh, so-and-so wore a fucking this at the Grammys. That Billie Eilish is a weird dresser, isn't she? I don't know what to think about her. She's 18. So I shouldn't think anything about her, really. But I mean, like, musically, some of the songs I've heard, and I'm like, all right, kind of a cool voice. And then I'll see, like, her in music videos, like the video for, um, what's the big hit song, Bad Guy? She's, like, bleeding out of her mouth and dancing kind of silly and then looking like, you know, she'd stick you with a heroin needle. I don't know. It's a little, it was a little frightening. I think that's, like, her whole thing. It's like, do I scare you? I'm like, kind of. You're like that cutter in class that has rich enough parents where they're like, I want to stab you with this protractor and get away with it. So yeah, that's a scary person to be. Mission accomplished, Billy. And your brother produces the music or writes with you. So, you know, that's going to be weird for him to write a sexual line or two. Maybe he's pushing that. I don't fucking know. I can't get into it, guys. I cannot get into that right now. But so people are slamming Joe Rogan. Now look, um, I have a great deal of respect for Joe Rogan. Another thing that latest came out about that dude, uh, a comedian I know, Monty Franklin, an Australian comedian, but based in LA now, him and Jim Jeffries, another Aussie, the great dudes, both of them, um, put together like a fundraiser show for like the devastation that's going on in Australia, which is awful. Like Aust- I know we have some listeners in Australia. I hope everything's, I know I heard some rain was in the forecast the last week or so. And um, yeah, it's just devastating what's going on. It's such a beautiful country and great people. So hopefully everything takes care of that. Um, so they raised like $85,000 and Joe Rogan was part of the show. And then on stage, he goes, you know what? matching that shit so then they raise like over 165 or something like that and i'm like thinking to myself is the math on that right 80 and 80s 165 so 170 or something i don't know and um no 80 and 80 yeah okay never mind why am i so fucking done with math right now and i'm like another great thing joe rogan does so from what i hear about people i know a few people have opened for him he takes care of them right i think they fly first class with him nice hotel get some tickets to ufc pays them really well and yet all the people on the other side of that that like try to shit on the joe rogan alpha male type they're the fucking opposite you know treat their openers like crap don't really take care of them standoffish you know what i mean it's like this whole facade that you see on twitter from these people where you're like aren't they the best i'm telling you right now you have to start thinking opposite when you see these people the people who go over the top go so far one way i'm just like you're there's something there because no one would need to go that far to prove they're that good. You would just walk around going, yeah, I'm, I'm a good person. I don't, I don't have to justify it. So I think people who know they're bad have to be, they're aware of it. And if they're not aware of it, they're sociopaths. So at least they're not that far gone, these people. Maybe some of them are. But they're bad, so they're like, oh, fuck, I gotta, I gotta, you know, project this image of that I'm a good person. That way people don't really suspect. They don't go poking around. It's like, I get that. You know, I mean... You cheat on a test, you want to be like, I can't believe I would never cheat. It's like when freaking um, when the baseball steroids thing first like became like a big thing. They were speaking for Congress. Rafael Palmero did the finger point. I have never done. And then like weeks later, they're like, dude, you've done all the steroids. Every one of them you've done. We talked to your the last seven women you banged. They were all like, I don't think he had testicles. We didn't see testicles. A lot of loose skin. I mean, he's pushing. He's you know he's getting about 40, 41 years old. He played late in his career. That dude. But yeah, so back to Rogan. 
I don't listen to the full episodes of this podcast. I catch clips. I'm, I've become a big MMA fan, and his passion for it's kind of like made me even bigger one. Because I got into it kind of novice as a novice. Like my friends, I think it was around 2015 or so. I had friends that were into it, and then a buddy of mine, Mick Bentoncourt, shout out to that dude. He's awesome. Great, uh, great guy. He uh, invited me over to see McGregor Diaz too. And then um, from there, I just got really, really into it because I noticed, I knew, of course, McGregor and Diaz, but I didn't know a lot of the undercard, and I, the undercard fights were great for that pay-per-view. And I remember thinking, okay, I want to get more into this. Who's who, who's what? And then, so anyway, Rogan got me a little bit more into that. And I just think he's completely misunderstood. I really believe if Joe Rogan was a skinny dude with, like, no muscles, wore, like, Clark Kent glasses, flannels, had a beard... The people who hate him would fucking love him. And then it goes the other way, too. The du- a lot of the dudes that like him would probably end up hating him, which is fucked up. Why are we judging off of appearance? I thought we've gotten to the point where it's like, what are you saying? And all that kind of stuff. But Joe Rogan does have what he's got. I think he gets like 95 million downloads a month. If I got 1% of that, my life would change drastically. This guy gets 95 million downloads a month. So clearly it's a broad group of people listening to him. I hate that whole notion where it's like, well, you know, Bernie's just placating to the, the dudes who wear tap-out shirts and drink Monster, Monster Energy. That's what he's doing now, playing to those meatheads. I'm like, really? And so 95, all, there's 95 million of that dude? Is that what you're telling me right now? 95 million of that dude. That dude, Axe Body Spray guy who says bro a lot. That, there's 95 million of that guy in, like, I know it's worldwide, but come, Really? Like, America alone doesn't even have 95 million black people. And you want to tell me there's 95 million of that dude? The dude that's just like, fuck yeah, man, let's get a Mountain Dew Code Red or whatever the fuck bullshit. They all think that these dudes are just these meathead guys who are like, gym tan laundry, got a lift. You know, it's just it's funny to me, man, because it's like, it's you are the same people who hated being like generalized and stereotyped. And acting like you people are all the same. By you people, I mean, like, I'm really thinking of, like, these white hipster dudes and women. A lot of women. And, yeah, it's just, it's fucking crazy to me. He's homophobic. Give me one example. They can't. They just assume. He has, there is footage of him saying the N-word peppered throughout. But there's context to these things, you know? And I haven't heard him say it in a long time. But maybe he was talking to a friend and repeating a story. He said it. I wouldn't. Um... But I don't think that makes him racist for having said it. What have happened to actions? It should be about actions. You know, that's what needs to happen. I guess from the N word, I could segue into like there was a reporter who does didn't cover sports, but she, because she's in New York Knicks, she was Knicks and then tried to went from Knicks to Lakers. See how easy you can misspeak? I've been misspeaking this whole podcast. So she goes from Knicks to Lakers, and she gets paid very well, by the way, and isn't rushing up against babies crying in the background and said knackers. It did kind of sound a little bit more like the N-I-G-G-E-R. And, uh, but she apologized and misspoke. Why would she intentionally say that? And this is in regards to the tragedy that happened a couple days ago. This was on Sunday. Uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna, and, um, and seven other people who I, again, if I was more planned, I would have all their names in front of me because I do kind of hate that they're not getting named as well. It's kind of sad for their loved ones to be like, well... You know, my dad or mom or, you know, cousin or whoever will forever be known as one of the also's 
who died in a horrific helicopter crash. So that's a bummer. And damn it, I really wish. On the next one, I'm going to hold me to that, guys. On the next one, I got to say their names. And it sucks. Yeah, Kobe Bryant was a uh, larger than life uh, personality and one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Um, I'm not going to get into debate and where he ranks on that. I. Some of my friends who I love to death started to argue about where he ranked on that list. I'm like, he just died. Who gives a sh-? Like, he's, he's clearly one of the greats. And we, it doesn't, you don't have to rank that. Just appreciate the body of work. And he was having a great second act. It was weird. I was talking about him just the day before because LeBron had passed Kobe. And Kobe had said something that was funny to me. I can't remember what it was now. And... um so then in the morning, it was Saturday night, I was talking about a couple of comedians. And then less than 12 hours later, I find out that he died in a helicopter. I, that, was a, like, that was a hoax. I'm like, ah, oh, bullshit. They're just saying that because LeBron just passed him in, on the all-time scoring list. And this is just some stupid, fuck TMZ or whoever's you know, putting this shit out there. But no, it's true. And it's, it's really devastating. You know, as a parent, it really it got to me too because um, you know, he had a great relationship with his kids. And I, I could tell his daughter, Gigi, and him were really bonding over basketball, the game he loved so much. I'm sure he loved all his children equally, but you could definitely tell from the videos you'd seen of the two of them together that uh, they definitely were, they had a, an, a, an infinity for basketball together. And um, to think about, and this is, this is rough to even put out there, when that helicopter was going down, it's both really, really sad but also a silver lining in a sense that they held each other on the way down. I'd like to, I'd hope that they were sitting next to each other and he was, they realized, oh shit, at least they had enough time to realize that this isn't going to work out. And they were able to say, I love you and hold each other tight. And, you know, so yeah, I mean, that's a, a bad imagery to put out there, but I'm sure people have thought about that. <clears throat> Anyhow, um, yes, yeah, so as a parent that definitely puts things in a way different perspective thinking about that and you know he he did you know everyone's bringing up the the uh, thing you know the rape allegations he had about 14 15 years ago and I'm not going to get into that um I look at it like this was a guy who probably you know made some mistakes but seemed to have been a better that's you know can do people not evolve do people not get better and then also fuck the people who want to bring that up immediately and shit on him for it the guy's dead, and he meant a lot to a lot of people, and his daughter was with him, and all these other people, and, you know, think about the family. Have some fucking tact. What, what kind of points are you trying to score? You're trying to get likes, too? Oh, look, but by the way, everybody, it's just fucking annoying. There's just always someone who has to shit on something, and the people who know Kobe and are big fans of Kobe, you don't think they're aware of that? I mean, maybe the younger ones might not be, but most of the people are, and you had all this time to go over that, but you choose this moment... I fucking hate that. I do. There's just too, there's so many negative-ass people. It makes me want to hate things that I really do love, seeing so much negativity out there. Like, for real, like, my Cubs, my beloved Cubs, are not having a good offseason. They are trying to get under the luxury tax to reset that, hopefully so they could go big next year and extend a bunch of guys and and really extend, like, you know, get back to being, like, a, a powerhouse for a while again because they've kind of gone off their ways a little bit and couple of bad contracts that were hard to see and some other poor spending moves outside of baseball has hurt the Cubs organization as a whole. And, you know, I, I'm, I got into this world of Cubs Twitter, which I liked a lot of the people I met, some great people, great people. 
If you guys ever get a chance, if you're Cubs fans or even baseball fans in general, the San Ranto podcast is hilarious. Um, Dom Fedrick, director of morale, is a hilarious Twitter account to follow. My guy, my tie guy, Bleacher Jeff, those are those are great dudes, you know. Like there, um, but then there's another part of that that I see, and it's just this. Just I'm like, are you guys even fans? I don't get how you could be a fan and see. I'll take it away from baseball for you people who aren't baseball fans who are like, I'm gonna turn this off. People who are like, I'm a big fan of this, but all you do is shit on it. I don't understand that. And I think that's only sports. I don't think music fans are like that. You might be disappointed in the latest album, but I don't think you're going on your way to be like, well, they fucking suck, and here's why they fucking suck. And it's like, no, I mean, there's got to be some of your heart that has to be put into it. Sometimes I look at my favorite teams and think, okay, look, these players, some of them might not be that good going forward, but hold on to them because they mean a lot to you as a fan. Like Anthony Rizzo, which I got to do Anthony Rizzo's charity event, which was amazing. I wish I could get into more details about that. Um, had some great conversations, some inside stuff. But I can't say anything because I respect those guys too much. And it was a great event. Another awesome person raised over $500,000 for charity, for cancer charities. His own uh, charity, that is, too. The Anthony Rizzo Family Foundation, I believe it is. And uh, like Anthony Rizzo, I was saying that they showed a video of all the great work his charity does, his foundation does. And it was, like, really touching your soul. And he's up uh, for free agency in two years and wants a contract extension, loves the city of Chicago, loves being a Cub, loves the people. And I'm like, and I was told, one of the notes I was told as the host of the event was stay away from like financial talk. Cause like the whole story, the narrative of the Cubs offseason have been like, they haven't spent any money and there's no, and they're crying poor and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, eh, I might get in trouble for this, but the hell with it. I give that man a $300 million extension. I don't care if, you know, for 10 years or whatever it is, I don't care if by the age 40 he's not a good hitter anymore. Happily pay that sunken cost. Because it still has to be about something like that. I mean, obviously you want to win, and winning is the most fun. But there's, you know, it's still, it's still at the end of the day a game. And I, I want to I root for cool players. And obviously Nick Castellanos is one of those guys, the guy we just lost to the Reds. But I also want to, I don't want to go, every time I turn on Twitter, have everyone just shitting on this team. And every one of them in their Twitter profiles, diehard Cubs fan. It's a picture of them with the World Series trophy. And how quickly they all forget Three seasons later, and it's just this, whoa. so what if we suck this year? I think they're just so, because we were bad for so long, that they can't accept that this is a new way of doing things, that they think we're just going to go back. And I get that fear. I get that. You think this is ownership just being like, no, no, for sure. Now, if they don't spend next offseason while getting under the cap, then there's definitely, then, but then put your money where your mouth is. I didn't go to the Cubs convention this year. I don't get those people who... Their big thing is that they c- complain and complain and complain, but then they're spending 300 bucks on opening day. They're spending money on all the new merch, spending money on this, spending money on that. And I'm like, well, you're not doing anything. You're like the person who just tweets about politics all day and then doesn't vote. So if you're really pissed off with the way ownership's doing stuff, shut the wall for a little bit. That's really how it goes. And I think now that the Cubs have won a World Series, oh, my son's starting to whine in the background. Now that they have won a World Series, I think fans aren't going to just show up the way they used to. There was a thing about the Cubs being that last team, that 108 years, they haven't won anything. So people were definitely more invested because they wanted to say, when they finally did win it all, I was there. I was there from the beginning. I stayed loyal. And this is my reward, this amazing party, and this great feeling of, yes, we're finally champions. Anyway. Hey, Dylan, little lad. I'll be with you in a moment, buddy. How you doing? You good? Yeah, you my cheeky baby. All right. Um, what else do I want to talk about? I yeah, ranted about hating uh, negativity. Yeah, R.I.P. Kobe, man. Um, 
strange, man. 41. Had a whole cool second act he was doing in his life. He was one of those dudes I feel like was going to be in the public eye for doing a lot of, you know, he won an Oscar recently for a short film and and all sorts of, uh, you know, it was interesting where he'd be. I wouldn't be surprised if he would have become like a coach or a GM or something along those lines. And, um, yeah, it sucks. It's a, it's a bummer. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. You know, appreciate things while, while they're there for you, everyone. Um, I want to give a plug out to my good friend Mike Breinstein. He has an amazing podcast called Hunk with Mike Breinstein in which he talks to his friends and experts about their favorite thing. By the way, it sounds like I'm reading copy right now. I am not. I am just really fucking good at this. And I listen to his podcast, so I hear him say that all the time. You know what he does that I really like? He goes, hi, this is Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. I'm Mike Bridenstine. Like He says it like, hey, I'm, I'm here. What's up? Um, he's got some really fun episodes. Like it, it gets really silly. Talk to like pro wrestler. He'll talk to a guy like me about baseball. And then he'll get into stuff. Like the, he had one I'm finishing up right now about the housing crisis in Los Angeles. About like the homelessness has just exploded. And I lived there up until like 2014 to 2017. And people were like, dude, just since 2017... You know, two and a half short years later, it's gotten just insanely worse in that short of time from when you were gone. I'm like, damn, what's going on in L.A.? So that's interesting, you know. And um, he's had on Tom Segura, 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 I think. Great comedian, one of the best uh, in the world right now, I believe. He's had Tom Arnold, Roseanne Tom Arnold. It's a great episode. Um, and just some other really good ones. So definitely check out Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. He's at Brido on Twitter, everybody. Um, And that's going to wrap me up, man. That is going to wrap it up. If you are in Chicago, there are still tickets left. JoeKilgallon.BrownPaperTickets.com. That's JoeKilgallon.BrownPaperTickets.com. All right? And we will be back to regularly podcasting starting next week. Um, I'm going to make up for it by having some more episodes. Now that I've gotten the special out of the way, I'll keep you up to date on the editing for that. We've got uh, Comedians Drinking 40s and Basements. It's a web series. We've shot four episodes so far. That'll be making its way to YouTube. I'm going to be able to relax. I'll probably take like some time off from stand-up so I could get back to – just got to get a schedule down, you know, and, um, and I'm going to keep to it. The youngest one, Dylan, you hear whining in the background, he's starting to sleep the night, so my sleep schedule's getting better. So that way when I'm staying home dead during the day and they're napping, I could actually do like the work I used to do because I had a great stretch there from when I was just churning out content and I was in a good mode, but it's uh, hard to do as a dad sometimes. But um, you guys have been the best, and I appreciate you listening, and everyone have yourselves uh, just the greatest life ever. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Forgot to mention, I am going to be at Spitfire Comedy. That's my son, Dylan, in the background there. We also have some little kid stuff, so this is a bad plug I'm probably doing here. But I told the good producers over there that I'd mention it because it's a really cool concept for a show. It's at IO Theater. That's Thursday, January 30th. It's called Spitfire Comedy. Basically, I'm going to be doing stand-up and having hot sauce. And uh, it's like a challenge thing. So I'm going to be burning my mouth up. While uh, cracking some jokes. So if you're in Chicago, go to IO Theater. That's 8 p.m. Thursday, January 30th. Again, uh, check out the Patreon as well. I forgot to plug the Patreon. A lot of stuff on there that um, I had to take off for legal reasons. People were like, I'm trying to get a job. Will people get a job if that shit's out there? Other, they thought maybe some lawsuit stuff. One where I just come off like a dick. So I'm like, eh, I probably should take this one down. But it's there for you on the Patreon. So check it out. There's a couple different tiers. And again, I, I promise you, so much more content is coming your way. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening to Kill Gallons Pub. Cheers.